From the Defense Acquisition University, this is the Learning Circle. This is the Learning Circle. I'm Anthony Rotolo, and this is the show created by learning professionals for learning professionals. Regardless of your walk of life as an educator or instructional designer or technologist, whatever stripe you are, we try to provide something here for everyone. We cover the learning and development scene. We walk the beat, and it's my pleasure today to do that here at home at DAU by bringing you a discussion with two of my colleagues. What you're about to hear was originally recorded for a new video series that we're about to deliver. We're producing this as a means of sharing knowledge among faculty. And the focus of this talk is VILT, Virtual Instructor-Led Training. We also speak to Achieving the Right Blend as we translate what might have begun once upon a time as either pure classroom or purely asynchronous training into a VILT blended course. Like many things in life, achieving the right blend, striking the correct balance really comes as a result of trial and error. We try things out. We find that they don't work. We try again. We take it up a draft. And we hear a lot of this vocabulary lately, especially from a development standpoint. Words like agile are in vogue, and we get all jargony and systemy and scientific with it. But in the end, it's really about experimentation. It's about drafting and prototyping. My guests today share their experiences in the laboratory of the courses that they're delivering every day and refining over time. So what we have here is a conversation that is immensely practical, very down-to-earth, but also very enlightening. And I invite you to come and listen in. Well, welcome, everybody, to a brand new channel at DAU. This is a channel where we visit with our people all around the regions. We collect innovative ideas that are happening at DAU in real time. We want to capture them and bring them to you. Today, we're talking about planning your blended approach and doing so with prototyping. We're interested in planning and prototyping as part of the blend. With me today are two guests. I've got Jeffrey Craver. Jeffrey is an engineering and S&T management professor. He's been with DAU for 11 years, and he currently manages the STM 304 course. I've also got David Swinney with us. He's been with DAU for 15 years, professor of engineering and test and evaluation. I think the beard is evidence of your 15 years, David. I want to, it's a magnificent beard. I want to thank you for being with us, both of you. Now, many faculty are interested in blended learning. We're in this new frontier. We're talking a lot about virtual instructor-led training. Tell us about your approach with prototyping. What is your process? What, when is it that you, you begin to think about the planning and, and prototyping of elements of a course? 
Well, when we were cast into the built environment uh, in, in a real hurry, we didn't have a lot of choice but to prototype. And one of the things that we did in our department was we immediately switched to doing a VILT course essentially one day a week. We talked to the students and said, look, we can't do this eight hours a day. We are not far enough along. And we essentially prototyped every single day of the class. We had a four-hour session on every Tuesday to get started on the VILT process. And once we got up and running, we kind of replicated that across the whole curriculum. And we started doing the classes a little bit closer together, trying to find the right mix between the duration of the class itself and the amount of time that students had to spend online. It's been our experience that when you're online for more than four or five hours at a stretch, the, the return gets worse. And so we've been working to design our courses so that we have variety within the session and sessions that don't overtax the student's ability to keep staring at a screen for an extended period of time. So early prototypes, uh, very (laughs) thin. And then we applied that exercise learning that we'd had into building the rest of the courses with that same kind of model. So So you're trying to stay on the right side of that curve of diminished returns. I can understand attention span is a a precious thing. You don't want to waste it and you don't want to stretch it too far and exhaust your students. And Jeff, if you would, please, the same question. So to, to add what David uh, discussed there, we, we also did not want to um, delete content from our courses. And that was one of the reasons why we chose to go to the half days uh, but and stretch out the class so that we uh, could work real time to modify content. They would give us a little bit of break. Uh, you know, we're only going four hours a day rather than a full eight hour day. Uh, uh, some other, you know, faculty, they went eight hour days and they didn't have time to modify anything by the next class. You know, either they're exhausted or they just out of time. Uh, so it, it, our objective was to maintain the integrity of the class, the real content of the class. A lot of that is the exercise time. Uh, And uh, other classes were choosing to delete that content to stay within the eight-hour built environment, which was already rough. So us going to the four hours allowed us time in between uh, and, and to modify content and to really preserve, you know, those those high value uh, learning moments. So th- that was a lot of our focus by this kind of real time prototyping. the The space learning with going with half days as well that allowed the students more time and in between sessions. Uh, so what we got there was a lot of more. We got better product from them. You know, their deliverables were better, uh, but but also they were internalizing a lot of the key learning points. That spacer effect, just the, the students being able to have the break, there's what's called the sleeper effect, just being able to Absolutely. Uh, digest what you have learned and, you know, just literally the magic of going to sleep and uh, your brain doing its filing magic uh, Absolutely. That, exactly. I think you would have seen improved performance and perhaps it, it reduced burden on the professor. It might be 
otherwise exhausted at the end of the day, not be able to make certain tweaks or changes as you go. As a, a prototyping type of approach, did that also help you, again, with the prototype, get that iterative benefit? Yeah, I think it really did because one of the things that we ended up, I guess, stumbling on was the the kind of the battle rhythm of the course. That is, uh, each of the days in our courses tends to start off with the students out briefing from what they did the prior day. Uh, that's I guess that's no, normal benefit of the space learning, but it also allows us to have uh, an opportunity for the teams to work at their own pace. When we were in the classroom doing these exercises, they were set up so the students would work for an hour or two hours, and then they would outbrief. But that meant that if a team finished before the rest of the teams, they'd kind of be twiddling their thumbs. Whereas in this environment, since we have the teamwork set in the end of the session, we leave the last two hours of the session for teamwork. If they spend an hour and 45 or two hours and 15, nobody has to wait for them. They don't have to feel obligated to rush through something. And they don't feel obligated to keep staying around and waiting for other people if they don't need to. And so we both get the benefit of allowing that work to find its own length for each of the individual teams that are mm-hmm. collaborating. And then we have the 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 day after effect where we, uh, and I don't want to steal Jeff's thunder here, but we have a thing called I've slept since then. <laughs> we, we start each day with a chart that says I've slept since then. Uh, write down three things that you your team remembers from yesterday. And it's uh, it's both an icebreaker and a pre-class effort. So as they're logging in 10 or 15 minutes before class starts to make sure they're connected, it gives them something to do to type onto the screen in the shared uh, WebEx environment and just say what they remember from the prior day. We spend maybe five minutes of the beginning of class going over what they remembered and reinforcing the learning. And then we spend the next 45 minutes or hour taking the out briefs from the teams on what they did individually on their exercises. And yeah, that gives that it gives us that broken up. So we're not doing the same thing all the time, even within the four hour session. Yeah. So that ties together that sleeper effect. It's also a very soft version of a kind of a pop quiz where you're doing a little bit of forced re- recall. And a lot of the the research shows that that's real. I mean, better than cramming and other things, just that forced uh, recall and, and quizzing uh, is very, very effective. So had to have stimulated new knowledge and reinforced it. So uh, if I might add, uh, not, not only did it, did we see what was reinforced from the day before uh, in some cases kind of put stuff up on that chart that probably wasn't what we intended. And so it gave us also time to maybe readdress or expand on or clarify what we were really talking, you know, like you said, once you slept on that, you know, you interpret things a certain way. And and then in the morning, when you put up something on the board, uh, it may have, you know, not gelled the, the, the way we intended. Mm-hmm. So we, we really, it really gives us an opportunity to really hone in on what did you really take away from yesterday? And what is it? Was it, is it the real, was it the real intent? of what we wanted. Yeah. And much like a pop quiz, it also gives feedback to us as the instructors about Mm -hmm. if we thought something was really important and we thought we emphasized it, but it does not show up on the next day's recall, then that's a clue to us that whatever we did yesterday didn't get the point across on those things that don't show up on that uh, 
checkpoint. It's like, it's not a quiz. Nobody's scored, but it gives us the same kind of feedback that a quiz would have that, Hey, they, they did not get this. And I expected them to. Yes. Opportunity for recalibration mm-hmm. along the way yes. or increments to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Do you have any advice for other faculty to get started with these things that you have been trying? I, I would say, try them as you go. If you have a course that's arranged differently, let's say if you're teaching eight hours a day right now and you're looking at maybe I can do this a little bit differently, uh, you know, you could have a five or six hour course, you know, trim some of the things off and put them out as uh, asynchronous homework or something like that, uh, or, or move the tests outside of class. That opens up a little bit of elbow room and gives you an opportunity to have them do asynchronous work. Uh, so th- things that free up your time when you are synchronous, when you're all in the same virtual space together, ought to leverage that time that you're together. There, there's no reason to all be sitting together taking a test. You know, right. there's, no, there's no reason to be all sitting together reading a document. Those things, as much as possible, ought to be pushed off to the independent time. And again, the, the more you space those things out and differentiate them, the better chance you've got of you know multiple hits and being able to recall that later on. All right. And that's really a theme, you know, in this series, as we talk about VILT, we have overlapping ideas like flipping classrooms and really just making the best use of classroom time so that it's constructive. And why have people sitting and reading things that they might have done independently uh, on their own time? Now, gentlemen, I wonder if we could pause and do any, if you have any kind of show and tell materials, if we can do a little compare and contrast of what was old, what is new, and perhaps walk us through those. Yeah. uh, Well, let's go ahead and take a a quick look at the the way things used to be. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Go back in your mind to a year ago, and you would find an engineering 300 level course that was nine and a half days long originally. And as a part of uh, the production focus back then, they had, we moved it down to an eight and a half day course. Now that's eight and a half days, including breaks and, and whatnot and tests and things like that. And so when we moved that into the built environment, we took a look at how can we do this course in a way that's not overwhelming? Because in the classroom, it was a fairly overwhelming course. You finish those two weeks, very tired. And the built environment really just is that on steroids. It, it, you're instantly, you're steering constantly at the same space. You don't even get to look around for, for uh, the duration of it. So, so we looked at moving it to 16 half days. We spread it out over four weeks. We went through Monday through Thursday, as you can see on the schedule. And we, as much as possible, designed it to allow the students to work at the latter half of the session and then out brief in the next session. Now, after we'd done that a few times, we realized 16 days and 15 days are not that far apart. <laughs> you know, uh, We could do four-hour sessions five days in a row, so the students would be in the same battle rhythm every day of their work week for the, for the three weeks of the class. And so this we and there, here's the revised schedule that shows we, we've moved that from a, a 16-day schedule half days to a 15 half days schedule, not a great deal of difference, but the homework or the, the outside reading is outside of class and the quizzes. We have four quizzes in the course and they are also outside of class to, again, to avoid 
wasting people's synchronous time on something they could do independently. And as much as possible, we tried to move those quizzes uh, where there's not other homework or other teamwork that's going on that evening. Yeah, we, we had a, a requirement to teach a group of Army majors, and they had a, they had a shorter time period. And, and so we then took that class and looked at how can we fit it into those three weeks and that they allowed us. So again, we, we just, we, we took the, we took the momentum going to the half day, 16 day version. Uh, and then we looked at what, you know, what could we move around and, and shorten and eliminate if needed uh, to get us to that 15 day, because scheduling wise, there's a big difference between a four week class and a three week class, especially when you're, teaching two and three other classes potentially at the same time. And that was one of our other biggest challenges was, was we were, you know, we were overlapping classes. Dave and I would teach in the morning, say engineering 204 or 202. And in the afternoon I would teach STM 204, uh, you know, so I'm still at a, I was still at a full eight hour day two different classes, you know, so we were having to switch gears. Yeah. So this, this is back to that concept of a forced prototyping and forced experimentation. Yeah. We had yeah. Yeah. a schedule to meet. And so we, 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 we prototyped because we had to, we, but it was an environment that led us because we had to, it was okay. You know, yeah. we didn't get any pushback. You know, leadership said, Hey, you, you do what you've got to do to keep these classes running. And so we would go in and we would try things out. We'd experiment and the things that we worked that worked, we would move into other classes and the things that, well, let's just say worked less well, <laughs> we would we go ahead and let those fade away. And the leadership buy-in was key. Uh, you know, they, they allowed us the latitude. And mm-hmm. so, and we also managed that with our students. So they knew that we were trying new stuff and they were very gracious mm-hmm. and they, they allowed us to take risks. And so, in, in all this, it was really about, you know, because we had leadership top cover and we had students buy-in as well, we really took risks uh, that allowed us these. And that's what prototypes really are. It's, it's very, you know, risk-taking. Mm-hmm. And we were able to be, uh, in, some, in some ways, we were very, very successful. And otherwise, other times, you know, that just didn't work. Uh, and, and so we our culture in our department was all of that was just okay. We were fine with finding out the nuggets, uh, sharing that with each other like crazy. That was the other advantage. We were, we were sharing what we were doing with each other. And, and I'm telling you that the fact that we worked all together to learn from each other accelerated our ability to provide that value to our students. I think that what this underscores is an interesting point that even though superficially the calendar durations don't look a whole lot different, the internals do, the mm-hmm. design of the course looks differently. And it just underscores the point that we're not just throwing things online willy nilly. There really is a translation to something that has a different nature. It's a really a different medium. It's a different way of teaching. It makes different demands on students, how much time you can expect them to be online. And so all of your approaches of what 
we did together as a class versus what was offloaded all comes out in those details. Is there, would you say that's a, an accurate way of characterizing this? Yeah, we, you certainly cannot replicate the classroom environment and the body language and the feedback and the interaction. You know, the, those things are valuable, but they're expensive. And so when we have we pushed into the environment where those things were not available, what we're trying to do is is not to preserve the classroom per se, but rather to take better advantage of the things that that are better. As I say that the opportunity for them to work at their own pace without looking over their shoulder at the other teams is actually a plus compared to the pl- the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to take some more time and break from the work and then come back to it is is a plus compared to the classroom. So uh, I, I think we need to design our courses to take advantage of what is better uh, rather than trying to preserve the better parts of the other environment, because uh, say that's, that's just not a practical option. So uh, I think Jeff already mentioned the fact that the products they're producing tend to be better, more refined outputs because they're all collaborating in an online environment with tools. Whereas in the classroom, uh, collaborating on six laptops is not easy. It was hard. And in many cases, we encourage them to collaborate on the, uh, the flip charts instead because it was just easier for them all to see what was going on. Whereas the online environment, everybody can see what's going on and everybody can collaborate in, in different ways. The, the small group collaboration was about half of our courses before, and it's still about half of our course now. Uh, because that's because we, we had always had that incorporated because we had people together. They're just together a little bit differently now. And we have sacrificed some things for cost, but in the process, we have been able to discover some things that we can do better. I think it's really true. And you're also realizing that that classroom time as a commodity is very valuable. You're making the best use of it. And it gives the students more of a voice. You know, there's kind of this voice of the, we talk about voice of the customer, but the Mm -hmm. student's voice uh, can be heard more in a classroom setting than perhaps before where we were mingling in other activities that might've been done autonomously. And that speaks to that other idea of adult learning theory, letting adults be adults, let them act autonomously when they can mm-hmm. and then have them come together, work as a team at other times where that collaboration really, really matters, where they're mm-hmm. either building something together or solving a problem. So I, I think this is all coming out in what you have described. So as you've tried to achieve the right blend through the prototyping and planning, what in particular would furnish a good example of that for us? We have an example that we used uh, in our STM 204 class. Uh, We had an exercise uh, or a task where I would walk the students through the uh, acquisition lifecycle chart, if you might. And that took about an hour in the classroom. And it, and it took a lot of time for the students to pay attention and capture everything that I was talking about. It, it was, we found that it was somewhat difficult for them to keep up uh, and catch everything I was kind of discussing. So what we did was in, in to try to achieve uh, a, a more, a better blend here is that we recorded that session of, of me giving that same discussion. And they, now I send that video out to students prior to class 
So in an async environment where they take that blended video and they watch that video and fill out the same form that we were filling out in class. Now, the advantage of that is, is one, we take that hour of time out of the classroom where all they're doing is just kind of sitting there listening and filling out this form. They, now they can do that on, on their own, at their own pace. They can stop it. They can research some things, whatever it is they want to do. Then they're armed with that information when they come into class. And now I'm able to ask and engage them in, in more valuable conversation about their perspective on that life cycle and, you know, what is, you know, what is their perspective on it? Uh, you know, how does it relate to them where I didn't have that advantage before? So here we took, uh, you know, an exercise we were doing before I videoed it, then put it online, allowed them to do it at their own pace outside the classroom. It freed up a whole hour of discussion to where now I can have that discussion with them about what does this mean to you and, and how can you leverage it and what what do you understand and not understand? Uh, and, and that was a very, very valuable uh, uh, kind of epiphany where we really kind of engaged both the async and the blend uh, of taking things out of the class and moving them to something the student can, can do offline and then better preparing them for being in the classroom. So now we're leveraging the classroom time with everybody at a much higher value. Yeah, it's a really a better use of everyone's time. You've mm-hmm. created a product now that's going to exist and can be reused over and over and yes. over again. It essentially is a sequential thing that's going to be more or less the same experientially for the student to get them through that exercise. Then you use the classroom time where you, you're, you're more coaching and reacting to things in, yes. in ways that you can't predict. So that's a, just a much better use of that time. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for is how do we maximize the the time that we're online together and, and move the stuff out of the class that can be watched or, you know, just done in a different way. Uh, and that was just, a uh, you know, a glaring example to me was, and it also took a lot of pressure off of me because to get them through that thing in an hour was, was a challenge. So now it's even, it's less work on me. Hey, watch the video. When you come into class, let's just now talk about it. And, and you know, the so, student can pause that thing, right? You said they had yeah, trouble keeping up. Absolutely. Now, perhaps it'll take longer, but they can hit that pause button and work at their own pace. Yeah. And, and Or if they're already intimately familiar with it, they can put it on one and a half speed and get on through yes. it because <laughs> it be different students do have different backgrounds. Yeah. Well, well, although one note of caution is that, you know, these assets are useful and we can reuse them over and over, but we can't reuse them indefinitely. Uh, the policies do keep changing. So the, the shelf life of these things is likely to be two or three years. And so you are going to have to have the ability to continuously recreate these assets over time because that's, that's not be a bad thing. ongoing activity. Yeah. Cause the policy is changing mm-hmm. so much anyway, that it's probably time to renew it. So it's not, it's not a bad thing that it times out gives yeah. us, gives us a sense of urgency to update them. And I I think part of this, and Dave and I have talked about this, especially the space learning and then the async and blend uh, really helps the students with uh, their work life, especially now where everybody is kind of home, even their kids oftentimes. And, And so it really helps them to balance 
their their home and life, their life and their work, uh, including the classroom. I think much more effectively. If I if I might, uh, I, I went to the post office one day, and they only allowed two people in the post office because of all this. We're all masked up, and so it, it, evidently. Um, the person that was in there with me recognized me and I, I, this is a rural post office. And they said, I, I remember you from class. And I'm like, wow, that's terrific. <laughs> she says, well, yeah. And I've also got a class coming up. And I said, well, let me, let me tell you what's going on. I says, we're doing this half day thing and we're doing, and she got so excited. She goes, that will work for me. We're talking two people in the post office and this is the person I'm talking with. <laughs> where she was excited to hear that we were doing something that would actually help her manage her day because she's got her children at home. She's got work to do. Uh, and then now she's taking this class. And I know a lot of students, you know, they, they work another four to eight hours after class, regardless of what anybody says, they're still having to do their job. And so this really accommodates them much more effectively. Yeah, and one of the points in the uh, the operating plan for the next few years is the idea of providing classes in more than one format. That is, you know, presumably in a year or so, if we get back to the classroom, there might be a class that's offered both classroom and VILT and an extended learning, you know, space learning VILT, all potentially available based on the needs of the students mm -hmm. because some student for some students being out a half day is the same as missing a whole day. If you have a test program running, then being out is being out. So the availability of more than one form of the same course is going to be valuable across our customer base. And let them choose and sign up. And then we can actually see that's kind of a real polling, a real time polling event right there is we can see what class do they prefer and then, exactly. and then we focus on those. And, and we're and, really putting the, yeah, the student at the center. They, the, absolutely. The decision of the format itself. And then as assets accumulate the, the choice, you know, sort of this mm -hmm. choose your own adventure approach to <laughs> learning where perhaps I want to take this pathway versus that pathway. Some might be more formal versus informal uh, we we hear all this jargon, but it, it it it's actually real when you put it all together. And just like in real life, when you can either choose to read something, or go out to YouTube, or take a class, or read a book, um, the more options, the the better for the student. And I I think that's what I hear you gentlemen saying. Well, this has been very enlightening. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both. I know this is a work in progress. I, I know that, you know, you're you're prototyping literally. And the the good thing though is that you're sharing the information in real time. People can benefit from it now. They can reach out to you. You both are working more or less in these times out of the Huntsville, Alabama location. So I want to thank you for putting a face to that region today. So thank you both for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. To catch up on all of our shows, subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Learning Circle is produced and distributed by the Defense Acquisition University.